Welcome, people, to our podcast. My name is Eddie. This is Julian, aka the Pud. We call each other the Pud. Pud. We've known each other for twenty-seven years. Yeah, about twenty-seven years. Yo, this my this my my hitter hitter right here. Everybody's hitter hitter. Right now. Can't be everybody's hitter. Everybody. No, you really can't. But you know, you I fight for you can't be those who need to be fought for. Can't be everybody's hitter. All right, okay, thank you. So, basically, we want to welcome you guys to our podcast, our podcast. The name of this podcast is "We Don't Live Here Anymore." So, I don't have a problem with telling people my age. I'm forty. Let me stop. <laughs> I'm forty. Three years old, and I'm proud of it because some people didn't make it this far in life, and I'm grateful to God to even be here. Please don't gotta tell you my age, but basically, I'm 12. What? Where? And you big too? Okay, 22. Okay. So, <laughs> 42. 42. <laughs> Good. So basically, we're, what we're establishing here is that we are mature women. That's what we're establishing here. So this podcast basically is to shed some insight and some light, to get some encouragement to younger women, to women who are age. We're going through things. Everyone else is going through things. We're in the middle of the freaking corona. We've been here for like 18 months. Life is a little bit stressful. People are looking for hope and that kind of thing. So hopefully with this podcast, we can bring up some topics that you guys are too afraid to discuss with your regular people and just have some fun in it. Some some fun, you know. So, what we're going to ask is that after you see this original podcast, we ask that you guys send us in some topics. Some things that you guys wish to discuss that you've been too shy to discuss or that you're embarrassed to discuss. And nothing is off of the, the table. Like, nothing is off the table. We ain't shy. We don't mind talking about sexual activity. We don't mind talking about <laughs> I don't know if I want to know about you and brother. <laughs> oh, background story. So I'm married. I've been married to the same man, Mr. Neil Lassong, for the last, it will be, it was 21 years in October. I think it was 21 years in October. I just want to say one thing. I know when people say, oh, you've been married a long time. They don't understand marriage is not easy. Marriage is hard work. We have been through some stuff. And I tell people all the time. If you really want to make a marriage work, you really got to work a marriage. It is not something that comes easy. Tell me, got my good old put single as a doorknob. I don't know if doorknobs are single. <laughs> they kind of are. Stop. They sit on that door by their lonesome and get ready to get turned all the time. Okay, so basically, Poor refuses to do any dating, any online dating. She's not doing no. it. She's not doing it. I've been nah. telling her for long as I'm going to make her Christian Mingle. Girl, cannot go on nobody's Christian Mingle if you are not Christian. <sighs> we working on her, y'all. We working listen, on her. Listen, listen here. First of all, those Christians are the freaks. Okay, Jesus Jesus didn't say you couldn't be a freak. Jesus said to be a freak within marriage. <laughs> and I'm not married. So that maybe ChristianMingle.com will change. No, thank you. I'm not meeting nobody. nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not meeting nobody online, okay? I think I will stick to the next one. <laughs> so she's not, she not going to meet nobody online, no, y'all. But I, just, I really want to say something about Push. She's a very, very good woman. And I feel like any man, yeah, like not just because you want to play. Like she's very good, takes care of her family, 
takes care of her children, takes care of her business. She holds it down by herself. And I really feel like women like her don't get enough credit. They deserve more than what they get. So we're going to, we, we praying because I pray that God going to send her somebody who she deserves. That's going to give her everything she's supposed to have and more. We good with that one? Sure. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> so back to the old topic, we don't live here. So we don't live here to me represents stages in life. Like about 20 years ago, I was miserable. I was angry. I had a lot of stuff going on. Um, my husband came back from the military. He had PTSD. We had a lot of issues going on. We have had um, infidelity. We've had domestic violence. We've had some of everything in this span. And it's funny because I noticed that a lot of people who were with me in those stages are still in those places. And it bothers me. Like, how the heck do you stay in that same place for so long? How you stay in that place? Like, meaning what? Like, being in your life still? Or no, not being in your life. Or... How do you stay in dysfunction? How do people willfully live in dysfunction? Because how do they, not they, don't know, they don't know better. And when they do think they are doing something better... It depends on the people that's giving them advice. Alright, so let's talk about advice. Who are who who's good people to get advice from? Like, what qualifies someone to give you advice? Someone who's not judgmental. Mm-hmm. Someone who would probably give you something that they would probably want for themselves, more than likely. You're not gonna give somebody I wouldn't per se, I can't speak for everybody else. I wouldn't give somebody advice on something if I wouldn't want it for myself. Like I'm not gonna turn around and tell you what, hey, well work this out with such and such because of x y and z if i know damn well i wouldn't have tried like i'm not gonna give somebody advice that i wouldn't take for myself but at the same time there's always a contradict to that because you could give somebody good advice and never take it for yourself true true that can happen too but then maybe some people the advice they give is only the some of their experiences yeah. maybe it's not even no ill intent behind it maybe they've never grown maybe yeah. hypothetically speaking they got married say probably at around 18 19. Then they had kids young, and they struggled the whole time, and they never, ever grew up. They literally have been in that same 18-year-old mindset in a 60-something-year-old body. Well, yeah, we do have people that way. Right, so then it's like, what qualifies somebody to give you that good advice? Like, I can give you advice that it works for me, right? But it could be completely opposite of what you need. That's true. So that's when I feel like sometimes people need to not just watch people's lives when they take advice from them. They need to really, really take what they're hearing, chew it up, dissect it, it, and then be like, okay, does this work for me or not? Because mm-hmm. even I notice, like, weigh your like, options. Right, weigh your options. Even notice, like, when I give advice to Naja, she good for telling me, ah, uh, stop giving me advice based on how you feel. And I'm like, yo, it's not based on how I feel. It's just that I've seen, I've been 25, which you've never been 43. But at the same time, there are things that have changed. For 25 year olds that are not the same that was the same when we was 25. Like, they go through a lot of different stuff we don't go through. Yeah. They do. They go through a whole I lot of like stuff. I feel like these kids are weird again. These kids are weird. They're weird. These kids are weird. <laughs> okay? These teens are. We can't be judgmental. adults. They are weird. They do things that we would never have done. They don't have. They, they, don't have, the they have no care in the world, majority of them. Did we do that to them? No. I don't think we did no. that to them. No, it's a society. Okay, so think about it this way. I don't know about anybody else, but for me, I've always hustled harder so that my kids could start 
on a higher step than what I started. And you could hustle as much as you want. If those kids' mind frame is in a whole different place, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You could have bust your ass and made sure that they were a student so they turned blue. And they could still turn around and be the same person in jail for something that they would have never thought they would have done. Yeah, that's true. You can't you can't say what kids will and won't do. But do you not think that sometimes the mentality of a child is based on the parental environment? So I have to always speak. At some point I did. I'm starting to feel nowadays it doesn't even matter about the parental. You could be the best parent in the world. Uh-huh. And you never know the outcome of what will happen to you to your child. Your child. Yeah, but not about being the best. Okay, let's put it this way. So you, we have scenarios where we got kids who don't get no insight from the parents, the parents in their house. They're on their own. Literally, they're on their own. Mm-hmm. They're eight. Yes, they're eight and nine, and they're on their own. They're in the house. Nobody's helping them do their homework. They're on the games all day long. They on that they they on their games all day long. They basically have no assistance from adults around them. None, none. These kids have no assistance. I can see them having those kind of attitudes. Like, don't nobody care about me. I gotta work things out on my own. Yada 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 yada. But the parents who put their all into these children, I can't understand that environment. That attitude coming from them. That I don't get. I get, I get what you're saying. Like, okay, you can do whatever you want and your kid can come out any kind of way. But I'm a firm believer of the environment in the house has to be stronger of than course. the environment outside. Of course. But it's not only strong when it's a single parent family or... Sometimes, I, mean, I can't even say that because sometimes the kids has two parents in the house and it's still an issue. Yeah, let's talk about that. The difference between a single parent family and a two parent family. What are some major differences? Well, I can't speak for nobody. I was always a single parent family, so even growing up as for myself. I don't know. I mean, I would say that I can't always say I've been a two parent household family. I've always been married, but there have been times when he's been deployed and I've been on my own with the kids. And so I've had to raise the kids on my own as if I was a single parent. And I know back in them times, I was more strict with the kids because I knew I had to go to Walmart by myself. I knew I had to do certain stuff with them by myself, so I couldn't afford to have the luxury of being lax. But at the same time, I was also way, way, way up state, away from everybody that I knew, anybody that helped me. And I had to basically depend on myself. But So are you basically saying single mothers are like that all the time? They depend on themselves all the time? There's no other resource. They got no other sources. Not to say they don't have no other sources. I can't, like I said, I can't speak for everybody else, but I feel like me per se, because I fend for myself for so long, I felt like that's all I knew. So even if somebody did extend their hand, it would be to them, it would look harder to accept that they're extending their hand because they might feel like if I'm too dependent or I don't rely on somebody else or like people like to say, closed mouths don't get fed. I won't ask if I know what I need. I won't say, hey, do me a favor, or hey, can you do this? Because I got so used to doing it on my own. So, therefore, if I go buy a box and it is like a bed or a table, I'm going to put that bed or a table together on my own before I say, hey, can you put this together for me? I'm not going to do that. You have a point. You and I'm going to teach my kids to do the same. But then here lies the problem. So, a lot of men don't like that a female is so dependent. 
Now it comes to that. So Naju said to me, piggybacking off what you said, she said to me, I never taught her to be interdependent. I taught her not to rely on a man. Now you would think that's crazy because I'm in a household with a husband who is the financial supporter. And I taught my daughter not to depend on a man. And she was like, okay, mom, that's counterproductive. But see, here's the thing. My marriage has not always been a great marriage. So a lot of times I was doing a lot of things on my own. Now, a lot of times you protect the unit. You don't let people know what's going on inside of your house. You don't let them know you're not getting the support you need necessarily inside your house. So a lot of times I did stuff on my own. I put war units together on my own. I took mattresses up and down the street on my own. I fixed holes on my own. And so I often saw not just me at that time, but there were a lot of other women who were married. However, they were single mothers. I know people who are married now who are single mothers, who don't depend on their husbands for anything. The man is in the house and they can't, they can't rely on him for anything. I digress. So she said I told her not to be interdependent but dependent i think it depends on your situation and what you decide you want so the change came for me probably in 2012. i want to say i got i said to myself if i'm going to be a married woman i'm going to be a married woman like i'm not going to be here trying to figure out life on my own i got a man that sleep next to me because for all that i could be single i can be single i could go outside and i could get dig down without worrying about it like, I wouldn't have to worry about that kind of stuff. So the change came. We had a conversation. Like, okay, listen, we had our issues. What are we going to do? Either we're going to be together and raise these kids accordingly, or we're not going to be together. And that was a change. But for people who are single, do they put more responsibility on their children's father, or do they leave the responsibility solely to themselves because they're tired of being disappointed? I know some women who don't lift fingers and they make sure their baby father's responsible. I used to have that mentality with not just not just donut. Like, yo, F you. I don't need your money. I don't need nothing from you. This is my kid. I got her. We good. But now as she becomes a grown woman and is going into a marriage with a man, now she is being masculine and not feminine. And that's a problem. So do you ever think as a formerly single woman one day when you do get married can you now be feminine and not masculine after being so masculine for so long i don't know i think it all depends on the person like if you know how to turn it on and off then you have a good it'll be fine like you'll be fine or she will be fine if she know how to turn it on and off like let's say they're in the house together and she actually say hey babe i need x y and z or hey babe can you do this or he actually sees something and he does it when she says, oh, oh my God, I just noticed that there's a hole in the wall. And he turns around and does it. There's a difference. Like, if she could turn it on and off, then fine. But I can't say if she could turn it on and off. Like, I think I could turn it on and off. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I'll catch myself. But there's a catching yourself. Right. There's so turning it on and off is not that easy, but there's a catching yourself. Yeah. Because then if you have this guy asking you all the time, Oh, do you need this? Do you need this? Do you need this? And you're like, oh, no, I got it. Oh, no, I got it. And I, at some point in time, you're going to have to catch yourself and realize that you got to have to let this man do something mm -hmm. because you're taking away something from him. That's when it comes to catching yourself. Because I had, I can't front, I had to catch myself. I had to learn how to fall back. I had to learn how not to be so boisterous and be outside and be like, hey, 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 do all that. Now, I, but you know, so for, it, it comes to a point where you begin to trust the person you with. 
you begin to become more easy. right. You begin more feminine because I am. I'm not a friend. I was raised by a man, so all of that sheet rocking, plumbing, I can actually do all that stuff. Wiring, I can do all that stuff. I went to transit, I can do all of that stuff. I think I could do all that stuff too. I mean, I do do all that stuff, but I'm kind of girly, but not girly. I'm ready to catch somebody. You know, I'll throw you down. <laughs> but at the same time. I've had to I've learn. Had I had to learn. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had to learn to um swallow my pride some. That's kind of and think hard. about think about the unit as a whole. Because what I've learned the hard way is is that when you're so masculine in your marriage, you demasculate your you dis, you demasculate your husband. And what happens is you got them side chicks outside that be stroking their ego. And it's crazy because people don't understand how stroking a man ego can change the trajectory of your relationship. Mm-hmm. It is minor stuff. It's not even big stuff. It's minor stuff. Like, you guys are praising. Like, okay, you bring your check home. I tell them all the time. I said, I thank you for coming home every night. I thank you for being a good husband. I thank you for trying. You know what I'm saying? And it's like those things make the difference. Because it's like when you're so masculine, you find them start to sink into themselves. They start to sink into themselves. I'm like, okay, well, you got it. So I don't need to do nothing. And they don't do nothing. Nope. They don't do They don't do anything. Because it's like, there's no point for me. Men need to feel needed. They need to have that ego. Spoke. I don't feel like that should be a way that they should feel needed. Because I was told one time that me doing everything makes them feel like they're not doing shit at all. But I shouldn't. You should, I feel like men shouldn't be. Or shouldn't feel that way. If a woman <laughs> can do certain things, you should be glad that if God forbid something happened to you, that you know she could take care of herself. But then what is the point of him? You understand? There, see, a man's, and I think this is the problem. We've gotten so far away from gender roles. We're in a society right now where gender roles are not the norm anymore. It used to be for the 50s, the 60s, and sometimes into the 70s. The men would go out, make the money. The woman would be home in the house. She would be the homemaker. She would make sure the kids' homework was done. The environment in the house was fine. The bills were paid. The man would just have to go out and come back. Now, we got into this whole 1970s thing. The government put, put the man out the house. And that's a whole other thing. Because they lived with the black family together anyway. So now, for the black family dynamic that we're still holding on to, it's made the man obsolete. There's no other culture where they make the men feel small and the women feel big, bigger than the black society. Think about it. You got Asian women. They may be powerful, but when they come home, they're the most docile, submissive kind of woman you ever want to see. Spanish women, she could be, that could be her apartment, that could be her mortgage, that could be her car, that could be her keys. You can have absolutely nothing. And you would not think that man don't own nothing in the house because she tell him, Daddy, Poppy, all this is yours, mm-hmm. Poppy. She make him feel like he the boss. Like, if he don't got a big penis, she make him feel like his penis is as big as I don't know what. It's only the black women who find the need to demasculate these men. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's all her fault because I think some men have been okay with the fact that they don't have to do anything. They're okay with these chicks buying them PlayStations. They're okay with these chicks buying them sneakers and buying them this. And I'm not saying that that shouldn't be the case. But at some point, I do feel like responsibility has to fall back onto the man and come off with the woman. You can share responsibility. But at some point, are women raising their men children 
to be responsible men. Because I tell my kids all the time, like, I don't care what happens. This is not the kind of man I want you to be. I talk to them all the time. All the freaking time. You're not going to have two or three girls running back and forth in and out this house. If you're not going to do the right thing, leave alone. But I found out the hard way that a lot of black women don't sanction their sons. They don't sanction their sons. They watch their sons run back and forth with different women. They watch their sons not get up and get jobs, and they don't say nothing to them. And they mm -hmm. seem to baby and pacify these big grown men to the point where they're in their house and they're being abused by these adult freaking kids they pushed out because they never decided to say nothing to him. Because guess what? I don't want to hurt his ego. I don't want to make him feel bad. So we all pacify him and patting him on the back. Well, thank the Lord. I have no boys. Yes, God didn't want to give me a boy for a reason because I would duff him in his chest 24-7. I want to duff him in his chest. I absolutely did. I absolutely did because not for nothing, the responsibility of raising children falls on both the man and the female, not just the female. I've discovered there are certain things a woman can't give her son. The same no, way there's, there's certain not. things a, a, a father can't give his son. Well, this woman. is why sons coddle their mothers. A lot of sons coddle their mothers. They do. And a lot of mothers are irresponsible because they don't know what to freaking shut it off. They don't know what to say. I'm not your woman. I'm your mother. mother. Get your tail out my house and go find yourself a wife. Or what the heck are you going to do when you get a wife? I tell myself all the time. If you're going to sit here and watch me struggle, you're going to watch that woman struggle. And I don't know about you, but I'd be damned if I'm going to give some man some vagina and he's going to watch me struggle. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. It's not gonna happen. But I think I kind of my, my my daughter tells me I'm different from my other sibling. That could be because my father basically raised me. My father basically raised me. My mom and dad had an agreement. They got married when they were 18. They already had me. They you know were in the church. They got saved. They had a bunch of kids. He worked for transit at some point. She went to school to get her degree. So she was out of the house most of the time, and I'm the oldest in the house. So I had my father with me. All the time. So most of my mentality probably came from the fact that I had my father with me all the time. And there's just certain things I would not allow for myself when it came to men because my daddy wanted nothing to happen. Which would look like? Me struggling for money? My daddy didn't let me struggle. Me? Yo, it didn't happen. And I get it earlier. Y'all called me spoiled. And I get it. I understand it. But <clears throat> I really feel like that should be the norm. I think Should a lot be of women, a lot of women get men a lot, a lot That's of what women are looking for in a man, and they're not all getting what they're looking for in a man. So therefore, now they do it on their own. Well, the ones that fight to do it on their own. But what kind of conversations are being had? I'm, I'm just trying to think about it. What kind of conversations are being had with a man for him to understand that your boundaries say, I will, I'm expecting X, Y, Z from you. I'm expecting this from you. You can expect this from me, and we can come somewhere in the middle. There is a think, conversation, and I think that's the problem. There's Nobody ever sits down to have a conversation like that. I had a conversation with Neil. I had a conversation with Neil. This is a funny story. <laughs> so when I met Neil, and he was at his mama's house, I think there was Siobhan, there was Kanisha. Yeah, I don't care. <coughs> it's history. <coughs> we married 21 years now. They ain't feelings, that's their business. So it was Siobhan, it was Kanisha, there was uh, Tina. <laughs> this sounds like a uh, uh, Cool J song. It was a, he had a, he had a, oh, was it DMX? Which one was it? 
paranoid at, at the airport. You know what I'm saying? I had some dudes I was hollering at. But I think I've always kind of been like, I knew what I wanted. And if it wasn't what you wanted, I had the freedom to move on. So I see, that's just see Kanisha going to mommy house and I be going to work. After leaving Miss Lewis' house, like, okay, I see you. And like, it didn't put no fear in my heart because I always knew what I wanted. So eventually I got tight and I was like, okay, listen. So you got a week to get rid of your hoes. And I got a week to get rid of my hoes. And that way we could have this relationship. Hoes. That's what I call it. That's, that's what I called it. Hoes. That's what I called it. No point intended. No disrespect to anyone. I was probably about 19, 20 years old. But I'm just saying, it's the conversation that I had. The conversation was, you're doing what you're doing. I'm doing what I'm doing. Now, I'm tired of doing what I'm doing with other people. I just want to do it with you. So, if you want to do what, what I want to do, then we need to do it together. you got to give it to everybody else. And that's kind of how that worked. And we wound up being together after that. But I've always been very adamant with my intentions toward what I want to do in a relationship. Because I feel like you can get into a relationship and not make your intentions known. And you're disappointed because you never stated what you wanted. So you can't be upset with somebody if you never stated what you wanted. People assume people read people's minds. I just tell people all the time. Did you tell them what you had to tell them? No, they should know. Why? Because everybody miss Cleo? Are you talking about me? No, I'm just saying in general. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, it I'm sounded just, like me. I, I, I like to put your business on the podcast. I'm just saying. Listen here. My business is the past at the end of the day, so it don't make me no different. I'm just saying, I really feel like women need to really clearly state what they want. And I'm sorry, I've seen a lot of women now stating what they want. And a lot of men are calling them gold diggers. And a lot of men are saying, oh, well, you have unrealistic expectations. Why? Why can't what I have be the norm? Why can't more women be completely satisfied in their marital relationships with their husbands who are the providers and the head of that household because it's a conversation they had in the beginning. Why is that not the Because not all men are the same. Well, then let them be about their damn business. That's the problem. The problem not is... Not all men are the same. I you can the sit problem. there and lay the whole card on the table and they still won't see it until they finally grow up. So that's... Okay. I got it. I get it. And so, and maybe this is the problem with me. And I think Neil says sometimes that I am a little unrealistic. Back. Sperm donor. Before Neil. So... This little cheating skate, because that's what he was. He liked to cheat. I had nausea, and I ran up the hill on him one day with my baby. She had about three months. Now, mind you, my child was born with a cleft. Do I have time to play with you? I don't got time to play with you. I don't have time to play with you. My biggest mistake with reading him was I assumed because he had a father, he was going to be a father. I assumed because he was in a household with a man, he was going to be a man. And when I realized he wasn't going to be a man, I went about my business. I ran up the hill one day. I had my daughter with me. He got this chick sitting up there. <laughs> Am I being pumped? And I was like, yo, who this? Here she go. Oh, <laughs> if you want me to go, I could go. I said, boo, do me a favor. You sit right there. You ain't got to go nowhere. <laughs> when the house told his mother, get my baby. And I left. And I ain't never been back. Because what we're not going to do is you're not going to play with me. You're not going to play with me. There's certain things you're not going to do with me. Because at the end of the day, who the heck do you think you are? Who do you think you is? So I'm gonna, I have a three-month-old who was born with a cleft, who had major surgeries, who I'm sitting here trying to graduate high school, do all this stuff by myself, and you want to play around with these woes? Keep playing. 
at some point, people got to make people accountable for the way they treat them. I'm just saying. You it's do, but, I mean, you guys were young at the time. How much accountable could you guys really make him feel? I had to be accountable. I had to be accountable. I had to sing it. I had to Women are always more mature like, than men. Nah, I don't, I don't, you know why I don't take that? Because I, I have people who I grew up with who had babies with women around the same time I had my child. And they've always had their kid. It's men. They've always had their kid. I know men who have struggled with the system of trying to keep their kid because their baby mamas was flakes. Let's not talk about a flake that we know of. Hmm. So, right. Hmm. It's about accountability. It's it about is about you, accountability. It's, it's about what you allow. I, I think my dad always told me, what you allow will continue. If you allow it, it will continue. You got to decide what you want to do. And it's easier said than done. But at the same time, I think a lot of times I just decided, like, I wasn't going to have a certain kind of life. Like, I put out too much. I give too much. I do too much to turn around and have you give me your behind the case. I just, that's how I always felt. That's just how I always felt. Like, it could be the wrong mentality to have. People call me conceited. Oh, you think too much of yourself. You think too high of yourself. But it's what my dad taught me. You don't have what you don't ask for. You don't have it if you don't ask for it. You got to ask for it to have it. Back to what I said, close mouth, don't get fed. Basically. But then sometimes, not just that. You can ask somebody. And you can see very clearly if they can't give you what you need. And then you got to move on. Like, for, I know that that sperm donor was never going to grow up. I don't know what in me clicked. Probably God. I promise you. It had to be God. Because at, at 18 years old, I couldn't have known he was never going to get better. But there's something in my spirit that said he ain't going to never get better. The man is 43 years old. He still don't do nothing. <sighs> at all. I don't know. I at feel all. like everybody is different. Because sometimes a man could have... The expectations to do right and do good, and you stick around and wait for them to grow up, and they still don't grow up until you're gone. But I think it's the being gone that that jog that that jogs them. Yeah, but you shouldn't have to have to do all of that for them to wake up. You're right. You should. That's like a waste of not to say a waste because there is stuff that comes out of that situation that you don't want to say that's a waste because you know you appreciate them and love them especially when you have children but when you stick around and wait for somebody to grow up and they don't grow up it's like you know they have the potential to do all these right things they have all the potentials to do all the things that you know you want but they just can't grow up what if they were never made to grow up because see i'm gonna talk about something now that a lot of people want to understand but i'm gonna tell you just like this sometimes i feel like with these men their problem is their mama still they pacify you. And it, it's bad. You want to say, don't blame things on people's mom. Especially as a mom, I'm kind of like, okay, stop blaming stuff on me. But if you see that your son is 25, 26, 27, 28, 35, and they're still in the same pattern and nothing has changed, it may be time to take a step back and let them fall. That, yes. Yes. Because the one thing that happened, and I, I really, it's very, uh, uh, what's the word for me? Uh, it's touchy for me. Um, I've done a lot for my kids. I've coddled my kids a lot. 
Um, and unfortunately, what happened to me was uh, I lost my sister. You know, she was the same way. All of us are the same way. We were really like hands on with our kids. Like, I got sisters that make all of their kids food from scratch. Like, my kids don't know what peanut butter and jelly is because I've always cooked for them. But when my sister passed, um, the, how lost my niece and nephew were kind of hit me kind of hard. Like, okay, so I'm doing everything for them, assuming that one day they're just going to pick up the mantle and do it on their own, not understanding that it doesn't necessarily work that way. I really had to fall back. And be like, no, nah, I can't help you do this. No, I can't help you do this. No, I can't help you do this. And it killed me. Because as a mom, I'm really, you know, hands-on. Like, to me, I think the kids, my kids are one of the best things I've ever done. Like, if I've never done anything else right, my kids are probably the best thing I've ever done. But to see my niece and nephew, and to see how freaking lost they are without their mom, hurt me to my soul because it's like now they've been thrust into a world where reality is not reality. Their reality, their limited environment now is shattered by reality because now they have to fit for themselves where she protected them from everything. And it wasn't just that. It's like the whole covert thing. I wound up um, coming across this girl and she's homeless. She's under the train station on New Lots. And you can tell that her baby face, she couldn't be no more than 22 years old. And what it probably seemed to me was is that her mom died, probably from COVID. She was in the house with her mom, and now she's homeless. And she's out in the street, and she's trying to figure out life. And I said to myself, I am doing a disservice to my children by doing everything for them. Because God forbid I die. They can't what do nothing. What the heck is going to happen to them? But this is why I used to say, that regardless if people think that I spoil mine, I really don't. I do, but I don't because at the end of the day, I'm gonna put my foot down. You go into the laundry, take a sister with you. I'm so serious. You're not gonna learn unless you take the other one with you. And I drag them to the laundry, and I'm just using laundry because this is the example of what they do. I drag them to the laundry. Alicia's what, 20 now? Going on 21? Alicia's 12. January 31st. Alyssa literally just not too long ago actually had no choice but to do like stuff into the laundry because of the fact that I went to go get money and the machine started after she put the clothes in. So when she closed the door, the machine started, so she panicked. It's like, my, the machine started. Should I put the soap in it? I'm like, yeah, because if you don't put the soap in it, nothing's in it. I was like, stop it. She's like, I can't. She's like, well, how did it start without the money? I said, well, we got a free wash. Just do what you got to do. But you think that these kids are not paying attention, but they really do, but they're just fucking lazy. Why I say that is that I take them to the laundry faithfully with me 24-7 every freaking other week faithfully. And them kids will sit at the little freaking bench and watch me do everything and they don't do shit. And they'll sit there like this. Yeah. So I'll be like, one day I said, so get up and y'all do it. Let me see y'all do it. Not one knew where the, the soap went, oh God. where the detergent went. Oh and it was over looking at each other like, and I'm like, so y'all come here every day with me and not one of y'all know how to put soap and detergent in here. I bring y'all every single... I was nine when I did laundry by myself. And I did laundry for everybody in the house. Nine. <laughs> These kids are going on God knows how old, and they're now learning how to do the laundry on their own. How about Alicia who tells you she don't know how to cook? 
But I get up in the middle of the night and this chick made rice. So I had to ask her who you had in the house. She's like, what you mean? I said, who you had in the house? Because I was knocked the fuck out. So that means somebody had to come in this house and make this rice. Right. Who you had in this house? I got hungry. I made the rice. Oh, so you know how to make rice? Oh, oh, you get you got one of them too. Oh, oh okay. she said, but mom, I cook breakfast, but I don't know how to cook everything else. But y'all watch me every single day, every day. do it. Every day. Every so y'all gonna tell me, I'm sitting here killing myself, teaching these kids the world. But guess what? Just like when she was time for her to go to college, right? I told everybody, Alicia's not leaving. And why did I say Alicia's not leaving? Because I never saw her fending for herself without having to have somebody there. Like, yeah. how are you gonna go fend for yourself? Like, you're not gonna survive. And I did ask her that. I said, I know you ain't leaving to go anywhere. You're not going to go away to college. And even if I wanted you to, you're not going to go. She said, how you know? I said, because who are you going to offend? Who's going to offend you? Who are you going to fall on? I think everybody <clears throat> relies on the comfortability of their parent until they're Too much to, to do something on their own. But see, I understand where it's coming from because this is my thing. Her sister could have been showing these kids the world, regardless if she, she coddled them. Regardless if she had them in this this bubble. I'm sure she taught them every single thing she know. God forbid something did happen to her. Rest in peace. And it did. But you see how she says she felt like they were lost? Because they could, you could show them something until you turn blue. And that was my example. Like, I showed these kids every single other week how to do this laundry. And you thought that they would have picked it up. And so one day I was like, yo, you know what? Y'all get up and do this. Let me watch y'all do it. And not one knew where the soap, where the detergent went, or nothing. Every single week, literally, when I was at that laundry, so was they. And they were like this. I'm like, yeah, I see what I'm doing, right? Yeah. Because they had But they the didn't comfort. see what I was they doing. They had the comfort of their mother. You don't have to pay attention when your mother's here you because do. you know she got you. <laughs> you know she's not going to let you hit that floor before so, but, so hard before she put that pillow up underneath you and make it all right. Yeah, it's true. But when nobody is dead, you don't have do that, that pillow. I get that, but guess what? Sometimes they're gonna have to deal with it. Like it's it's hard to say it, and you never want to see your child fall. You never want to see them struggle. You never want to see them go through the shits. But they're gonna have to go through the shits in order to learn that they have to do it or they can do it. Sure. They will never know their potential until they're forced right. to do it. Right, right. They will never have that relationship with themselves. I can see all the potential in you, but you don't see it in you. So if you don't see it in you, you're not going to move towards it because you're blind to it. You're still relying on me. You're still relying on me to spoon feed you. And that's why I stopped cooking in my house. Because you know what happened? Yeah. Caleb's girlfriend came from school. And this joker got up and made... Oh, yeah, breakfast. Not just breakfast. Not just breakfast. He got up and made dinner. The boy made a whole chicken. And he could cook rice. And I said, hold on, wait. <laughs>
It was actually decent. See, the problem is this. <coughs> we have made them so comfortable. And I think the problem is, is that for me, I made my kids so comfortable because my father made me uncomfortable. Like, no funny, my father made me uncomfortable. I was paying bills. I gotta tell you this story. This is crazy. So, I only got five We got two minutes? Okay. Well, real quick. Okay, so we're gonna leave that right there for now. You guys, you like the podcast. Like, comment, give us some input, feedback, feedback, yeah, anything y'all want to talk about, get into, maybe something we might, you might not like that we do, I guess, I don't know, yeah, right, right, not that we don't care that much, but I'm just saying, really don't, we'll welcome the idea, exactly, we'll look into it, you know, some insights, some ideas, (laughs) some pointers, some hot topics, because I'm sure we, even if we do or do not know about them, I'm sure we'll go to our homework and uh, we'll get back to you. See you guys later.